Hello everyone, this is Julian Palumbo and Spirit with us. Today's uh, message is about idolatry. And um, before you turn away and decide to do something else, let me put this out there before you. You could and very easily might be practicing idolatry yourself. Whether you know the Lord as a Christian believer, as a believer and follower in Christ, or not, you may be an idolater. And uh, it's very important that you find out whether you are or not, because that can create a crack in your hedge of protection through which the enemy demons will slither into your life. And I am deadly serious about this. So stay tuned. <laughs> Pastor Newhart, Elvis Newhart, who I've mentioned in the past, is doing a series on his channel, um, Elvis Newhart, and that's spelled N-E-U-H-A-R-D-T. He is uh, an American-born pastor uh, over in Germany, and he's, his church is the Hamburg Church of Deliverance. And um, he's doing a series called Bloom Hearts Battle, which was a book um, that uh, Pastor Bloomheart, who lived in the 1800s, he wrote himself, and then it was uh, translated and brought to us in, uh, I believe the seventies. And I don't know the translator, but, um, thank God for him because God used this, uh, story, this actual events, I believe it took place over a span of four years, uh, that makes the exorcist sound like child's play. Okay. If it, this is the, is an most incredible account of demon possession and witchcraft uh, that just will blow your mind. And uh, there is a watered down version out there on uh, to buy the book, and then the original version from the 1970s translation has, you know all the full strength in it. Why they watered it down? Well, it had to be the enemy taking it out because that's what the enemy does. But uh, I'm looking for a, a copy myself that doesn't cost over $200 uh, for the, the rare copy from the 70s. Um, is Last time I checked on Amazon was over $200. So anyway... Let me uh, continue now. I highly urge you to go over to Pastor Elvis Newhart's channel and you will see uh, Bloomhart's Battle Part 1, Part 2, etc. He does the Eng English with the German translation on Sunday morning sometimes and he's still not finished. I think there are up to eight um, episodes on that book, but he's reading the book 
and then doing commenting and teaching on the different parts as he goes through, which is very interesting. And if you want a more encapsulated, quicker version, um, he's also doing it over on Sheila Zielinski's channel on YouTube. And that's also called Bloomheart's Battle. So it's easy to find. And I believe they're only up so far. I think there's only two parts up there uh, with a third coming at this date, which is um, right now I'm in mid-January 2020. So I highly urge you to find those. And if you like the longer version with the English, with the German translation, uh, or you like the shorter version, either one, I highly recommend. Um, and he does go into this. And this is this uh, lesson on idolatry. As I listen to his um, his teachings on Bloomharp's battle, it just penetrated my heart that this is a message. I believe the Holy Spirit put it on my heart to uh, bring on my podcast because this is an insidious way that the enemy gets into people's lives that you would never know that would completely throw even some experienced Christians. Uh, it's so sneaky and so... Um, I was even, I was really had like a wake up call when I learned about this, uh, how easy it is for even us godly Christians. Well, let me rephrase that. I, I don't mean to call myself a godly Christian. <laughs> Believe me, I'm, I'm a sinner and I crawl to the Lord every day to ask him to wash me clean in his blood. Praise God. Uh, but even those of those of us who love the Lord with all our hearts, radically in love with him, we can accidentally or ignorantly practice idolatry in some form, God forbid. So see, God says my people perish for lack of knowledge. And so that's what I feel called to do is bring the knowledge that I have just gotten to you so that we can all be awake and aware. So, um, it's easy to fall into trusting things other than God. Now that is the essence of idolatry. God said you shouldn't, you can't have other gods before me. And he wants us to love him with all our heart, soul, body, mind, and strength. And he also wants us to have no other gods before him and nothing that we put in his place or get something from that we should be getting from God himself. That is the essence of idolatry. So in this day and age, if you start thinking about it, you will be kind of amazed as I was, how in our culture, even in our modern culture today, how we turn to so many things other than God for um, things like, just to get you started thinking, Anything we should be going to God for that we're getting from other another source can easily be a source of idolatry and can be an idol in our lives. So let's just look at some areas. If we're trusting certain words that we say, even as a Christian, if, if you're trusting the set of words that you're saying and not the God that you're talking to, 
it's easy. It's a very fine line, but you have to be awake and aware whether you're falling into doing that or not. Certain prayers, you print off a prayer from the internet, let's say, or you find it in a book or some friend said, oh, you ought to say this every day. Well, ask yourself, as the Holy Spirit has to show you, sometimes it's very fine line. Are you trusting that piece of paper with words on it? Are you trust, not the paper, but the words that you're saying, or are you trusting the God you're talking to? to give you the thing that you need, to fulfill that need, to help you, to, is it God or is it the prayer? Like, oh, if I just say my, this prayer today, I'll be covered. I'll be safe. Maybe you're going to it for protection and not the God that you're talking to. That's the finest line, but you have to be careful because we can just start to, uh, um, rotely say these words that we're used to saying every day. And then we kind of like relax. So, okay, now I'm protected. And did you really communicate with the God in heaven, the father in heaven about it, who wants to give you that protection? He wants to be talked to like a person, not remotely addressed like a, like a machine or a robot that you just say this certain set of prayers and words every day. And then, okay, I had my time with God. Well, no, you really didn't. You just were like a machine and you said this set of words in a row and there's no life in it. There's no Holy Spirit life in it. The one reason we have the Holy Spirit is that he would pray through us and pray for us. We know not how to pray as we ought, the Bible says. So any prayer that we just say like a machine or a robot daily, um, it can be Holy Spirit enlivened and alive as you address your heavenly father and the Lord Jesus Christ. But it can also be a dead rote prescription that you say and then expect to get the, uh, the prescribed results. That's dead. And that can be an, a practice of idolatry. Now, now there's other things that are more obvious, of course, like certain objects that just having them around, maybe you carry them in your pocket. Maybe you have like to have it in your car. Maybe, um, it's, it can be anything. It can be something from a, a loved one that passed away that you just feel comforted when you have it around. Be careful with that because if you're getting comfort and peace from that and not the Lord, that is taking God's place in your life. And see, that's what was such a wake-up call to me. It was like a pouring ice water over my head. I was like, wow, we have to be so careful with this. I mean, you know, if you have someone who passed away and you keep their shirt, for example, just be careful. I don't think there's anything wrong per se with keeping their shirt as a loving reminder of that, that person, but do you hold it and cuddle it and get peace and relief from it? Well, we're not supposed to do that. We are only supposed to get peace, comfort, protection, relief, escape, and all escape from pressure, fear, and anxiety from God alone. 
directly. It's a spiritual thing. And our flesh does not want to break through to the spiritual side. Even for that, it's it's almost like it fights, recoils, and runs away from getting into the spirit to talk to God about these things. It's so much easier to grab that blanket from the person that we that passed away or their shirt or pick up a card and say the words that are on the card or you have to see what the Holy Spirit is putting his finger on for you in your life. Do not trust these things and it's a fine line but you have to wake up now now that you've heard this now you're awake I just ask the Holy Spirit to show you in your life what <clears throat> what you may be trusting in that isn't God himself the Father God wants us to come to him with our needs with our need for escape even that was brought home to me like people have their ritual a glass of alcohol at night like okay I've worked hard I've earned this this is the thinking behind it I I need to relax I need to escape now from the day's pressures and problems put them aside and I need this alcohol to do it and uh, no you don't that's where you need to go to the Lord and get focused on him confess your sins of the day ask him to wash you clean fill you with the Holy Spirit and just say, Father God, I'm coming to you for comfort, to you for peace. Please take the pressures of today off of me so that I can relax and just kind of heal and get ready for the day's troubles tomorrow. What did Jesus say? He said only to worry about the, the uh, today's troubles because tomorrow has troubles of its own. So Jesus' own teaching was for us to just focus on one day's troubles and give them over to him. We're not to rely on any substance, any set of words, any pictures, objects, items, you name it, uh, like little rituals we get into doing. Um, it's okay to have a routine, don't get me wrong. But don't let that routine itself become the source of your peace. Like, oh, when I do this, I feel calm. When I do this, I feel relaxed. You know that those things have to come from God for you. And don't put anything in God's place. Um, so now how do you get it from God? Well, I've just said you ask the Holy Spirit to show you what you may be blindingly trusting blind it's not, not blindingly but blindly trusting for some kind of spiritual emotional mental health and it may be many things from alcohol to a picture of a loved one may living or passed away um to a set of prayers to um uh, anything it can be really anything for you Whatever um, you get from, an, from a source other than God that should only come from God is taking God's place in your life. It's taking God's place with you. That one thing, or maybe it's a few things, is an idol for you. I'm sorry to say, 
you have an idol, if this is uh, something you've slipped into doing, totally ignorantly, totally without meaning to. But it's kind of like a human nature thing, a fleshly thing. We just grab for comfort, peace, whatever it is, escapism uh, from the daily grind, whatever it is. If we're going through a painful time, we look, we grab for anything for comfort, really. We have to be so careful what we grab for. We really need to discipline ourselves to go right to God for it and no other source. The one thing it can, so this, these things can be idols and that thereby we are practicing idolatry. Um, so let me just, as a side note, put in those of us who are from a Catholic background like me, you can see now how the Catholic church does promote many occasions for idolatry by this definition that we just set up today. Uh, statues relics, rosaries, prayer books, prayers said by rote, you say this prayer, you get this from it, um, lighting candles, uh, and on and on. These things are just taking the place of a direct living relationship with a real person, God. God Almighty is a real person. And he wants to be the one you come to. Run to him for comfort when you're lonely, sad, depressed, overwhelmed, tired, stressed. All these things are supposed to come, we're supposed to go to God for. Okay. And if we if you use anything else, know that it's not your source of help. It's not God. It's not your source of help. If you have a little glass of wine at night, um, not every night, don't make it a thing, but once in a while, it is okay. I believe if God shows you, you peace about it, but go to him first. Talk to him about the things that are bothering you, upsetting you, pressuring you, worrying you finances. It can be anything in life, any category, any, any area of life. So he needs to come first and foremost and put nothing before him. You see nothing before him. So, um, in Exodus 25 and in other parts of the Bible also, we see that Doing this, what seems to be a very common, simple thing that we all do in this day and age, God says it, bring it brings a curse on us to the third and fourth generation. So we're cursed and our children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren can be cursed from us using things as idols in our lives, whether we're doing it ignorantly, completely unmeaning to because we love the Lord we don't mean to do it, but if we do it, God says his, his people perish from lack of knowledge, which, which is ignorance. Ignorance, lack of knowledge, same thing. So his people, his own people, which are Christian believers, can perish from lack 
of knowledge from doing things in ignorance. Now, does that mean I, that we can uh, lose our salvation? I really don't think so. But we can bring that curse on our lives. And things going wrong, things you can't figure out for the life of you, why they're happening, why doesn't God answer prayer on this, why, 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 things that go on and on and on. And this can be the reason. Idolatry is huge. It's, it's addressed by the Lord in the very commandments that he gave Moses, not to have any strange God before him. And you think, oh, well, that means like a golden calf or some figure that the pagans made. No, it's that, yes. But it's also these other things that I've gone through. Anything we seek something from that should come from God, we're putting an idol before him. So beware and be aware. And I say this all to myself as well as to you. Uh, and we have to constantly have our alert for that on and ask the Holy Spirit to show us, are we using anything? Are we putting anything in God's place? So this curse is very serious curse. What it does, it opens up our hedge of protection so the enemy can get in, wreak havoc in your life, sickness, illness, um, curses, um, all witchcraft is we're, we lose our protection from witchcraft. Um, it's it's horrendous. And if you listen to Bloomheart's battle, you'll see how this poor Christian girl was so accursed and so tormented and terrifyingly so. Uh, I mean, don't listen to this if you're uh, easily scared <laughs> because it is puts the exorcist uh, in the kindergarten category, okay? And this is a true, true story, a true account. And it comes out later on that God allowed this to happen so that we could learn from it. And I'm not even finished listening to it. I'm in the eighth episode and counting. So um, I'm really hoping that some of you will also tune in and we can finish listening to Bloomheart's Battle together uh, from Pastor Elvis Newhart. Uh, so anyway... Um, let me just check my notes here. So another thing, another source, and I know I've mentioned this before in previous podcasts, um, is if we are seek another thing we're only to go to God for is knowledge. When we want to know something, hidden knowledge, he will in many cases give it to us. It's amazing. Lord Jesus, show me this, show me that. Why is this, Lord? Why is that? Ask him questions, open-ended questions. Where is, if you lost something, where is this? Where is that? I can't find it, Lord. Will you help me find it? And then leave it alone. Leave it in his hands. He may not show you in the next second, and he might, and then, then again, he might. He might show you in a couple days. He'll show you in his timing. Leave it in his hands at that point, okay? If you need to know something, if you want to understand a part of scripture, ask him for that hidden knowledge. It's hidden from you at that moment, isn't it? So that's hidden knowledge. But a lot of people go to a fortune teller for hidden knowledge. They want to know something about their future. 
they they may practice ESP, opening their mind. Uh, let me see if I can pick up the vibe on this and get some knowledge about it, get some information that I wouldn't normally get as a right, you know, in my regular life. God forbid, Ouija board. Um, these things will all uh, act as an idol in your lives because you're going to them for something you need to go to God alone for. Um, also healing. Healing is a huge category. We're to go to the Lord God for healing. Pray for healing. Follow the scriptures on it. If And God may say, you know, you, he may give you peace about taking an antibiotic or taking some ibuprofen or he might just you ask him to heal you directly it's amazing sometimes he'll heal you instantly in a few days it gradually getting better and better he'll he'll do it in his way and in his time we are to trust him first for healing the new testament says we're to go to our pastor and ask to be anointed with oil by the elders of the church and prayed over it you need to do that as a believer uh, in this day and age. Um, I was actually healed uh, myself that way in a very dramatic way. I had, I was basically hemorrhaging after um, having a DNC um, following a miscarriage and the blood wouldn't stop, the bleeding wouldn't stop. And it just went on for weeks and I, and the doctor said, if it doesn't stop, you're going to have to come in for another procedure. And I, I had been through enough procedures at that point in my life. And I said, Lord, I just don't feel like I'm supposed to go in to the hospital again. And it was like he just showed me, go to your pastor and ask him to anoint you with oil and pray. Just like it says, I believe it's in the in James, the book of James in the New Testament. Well, I did it. I went, I said, pastor, would you please pray for me and anoint me with oil that this bleeding will stop? Well, that very day I came home from being prayed over, uh, and anointed with oil, very simple. And sure enough, a piece of the placenta that had been inside came out and the bleeding instantly stopped that very same day. I believe God was teaching me a lesson with that. And now I can pass that on to you. Praise God. <laughs> so see, I went to him for, for healing and, um, praise God that I did. I don't take any credit for that. I believe the Holy Spirit really showed me and led me and guided me to do that. Another thing is hypnosis. Um, don't go to another human being for hypnosis, for healing, for, you know, problems with habits, whatever you're going for, to grow hair on your head, okay? Anything. To quit smoking is a huge one. Any bad habits, whatever, we're to go to God, okay, for that. If you hand over your will or or put your mind in a open state, which hypnosis does, and then you're basically allowing the hypnotist to then pronounce his will. Now you agreed with it with him before hand, of course, but you're letting another person basically into your mind. You're lowering your hedge of protection. 
Is this person a Christian? Does this person have any demons? You don't know. People can have demons galore that, that you don't cannot tell from the outside at all. It's a spiritual thing, but believe me, the, the enemy will use this lowered hedge to get into your life, whether this person, you know, could be a really wonderful person, but you're not to put a person in God's place. Again, that's a form of idolatry. These are things you need to get from the Lord. And if you have a bald head, well, I'm sorry, <laughs> but ask the Lord to grow you hair. If he wants you to have it, you'll have it. I know my hair was thinning there for a while. And I said, Lord, your word says that the a woman's glory is her long hair. I said, please, based on that scripture, would you please let my hair grow back? And you know, God showed me that I was breaking off my hair by bleaching it. He just really made that clear. And I stopped bleaching my hair and I left it grow. And you know, I'm still, I'm still growing in new hair. And this is over a course of almost a year, I guess. And as the old bleached hair grew out, I just trimmed it off and I put a light, uh, a very light, unharmful uh, little wash over my hair every couple months. And that's it. And I'm perfectly happy with it. And I have thicker, more glorious hair. <laughs> but listen to the Holy Spirit. Does he care about things as silly as your hair? He does because the, the beautiful, loving God, he wants to be your intimate, loving father. And he wants to give you all the blessings and the desires of your heart. Look up that phrase in your Bible. He gives us the desires of our hearts when we come to him and lean on him for every little thing. He wants that intimate father-child relationship. And it hurts him when we go to any other source. And he even says um, that it should. he takes it as, as though you hate him. Um, and, and we don't want to show him hatred and hurt his feelings. We want to show him love by leaning on him like children lean on their good, loving father. A, a, a kind, tender, merciful parent. So, um, now going on. I'm just checking my notes. Now, the opposite is true. Um. The, now, if someone repeats this idolatry in the third, before the third and fourth generation is completed, well, you know, the curse starts up over again, right? So in this way, curses are handed down through families. And um, there's so much, oh, people, there's so much we are living with that we really don't have to live with. If you determine to be the end of the curse, it stops here and now with you. I've done that in my life. I said, this is going to stop here and now with me. And it is not going down to my children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren for them to repeat. And then it goes on and on and on and on. No, it stops here and it stops now. And I confess it. I renounce it. I reject it. I rebuke it. Whatever it is, I ask the blood of Jesus to cleanse me from it. Ask the Father God to forgive you and all those in your family, your ancestral lines, uh, all the way back to Adam and Eve, all the way forward till Jesus comes back, um, cleanse you, forgive you, and save you from 
the sin of idolatry in any way, shape, and form that we've practiced it. And please uh, be as specific as you can when you confess your sin as the Holy Spirit reminds you of, of the incidents that you did it. And um, so that's very important to be cleansed, sanctified, repent of it, turn 180 degrees the other way, determined to go to God for every little thing, little things, big things, medium things, practical things, finances, uh, finding little things that you need. It can be so insignificant, but he cares about everything. He's an infinite God. Infinite goes in both directions, by the way. Infinite goes infinitesimally small and infinitely large. There's infinite goes in every direction. And he cares about every little thing and every big thing. Lord, help me get this splinter out of my foot. Lord, help me find this little object or that thing that we just misplaced. A piece of paper, a, a receipt, whatever. It just, he cares about everything. He wants to be intimately involved in your daily life. And the more you walk and talk with him like this, the less and less you'll be, you'll be prone to this um, ignorant idolatry. Is it this doing it without even thinking? And I'm not trying to insult you listeners. I've done it myself. In the past, I've done probably everything. I was Catholic. I... I did the whole nine yards. I carried rosaries. I wore, oh, what did they call that? Uh, oh, I can't, I can't think of the name right now. I don't think it's too popular these days, but um, it was a little piece of cloth that suspended down your back and your front, and you kept it under your clothes, and it had a picture of a saint on it. Uh, it's, <laughs> I used to know the name of that thing. But, um, oh, I did it all. I wore little buttons, I wore crosses, I put Jesus on my dashboard of my car, and uh, you name it, I did it all. And I also went to hypnotists, I went to a fortune teller once, just as a joke, but I did use the Ouija board, ignorantly again, back then it was just considered a game, a fun game, did the pendulum, oh my gosh. Thank the Lord he protected me. I didn't pursue that too much, but I did have to plead the blood of God, renounce, reject it as his forgiveness, all before I was truly saved. And uh, there's just so many ways, but you have to be awake and aware, and now you are. So um, God also gives the opposite. If we come to him for every little thing and put make him the God we go to for big and small and medium things, we receive a blessing. And when we obey him in everything, oh, he pours out the blessings, not the curses, the blessings upon us. And just, it's, a, it's, it's wonderful. You, you see his love and his tenderness and he doing things that he didn't have to do, but he does it because he loves you. And when it happens, you'll know. You just know that you know that you know this is God and this is just because he loves me. And it just makes you want to cry. It's so great. It's so great to walk, to live that way. And I highly recommend you go 
look up Derek Prince on YouTube and listen to his sermon uh, on blessings and curses. And you'll probably find more than one version, but um, there's one where he's wearing a white or ivory colored jacket. That's my favorite, but um, I believe it's just called blessings and curses. And it, he, it has a prayer at the end and I highly recommend you do pray that prayer. And uh, he will go into um, this whole idea of living so that you receive God's blessings and also warning you very, he does a very good breakdown of all the things that bring a curse in your life. And uh, that's really, you need to listen to that because it's, it's so every Christian believer needs to know these things. We can't be ignorant. We have to learn these things. So um, when we do idolatry, it opens spiritual doorways in our lives that are just that put a welcome mat out to the enemy. He can come and go freely into your life and wreak havoc on you in any way, shape, or form he feels like it. And it also opens uh, doorways for witchcraft to operate in your life. And if you don't think witchcraft is prevalent today, well, it just is. And you need to uh, do a little more research on that. Um, But basically, witches hate Christians and they will throw curses and spells on you. And bring you down. And also you may have cursed objects that you pick up in your life. And that's a whole nother thing. But just quickly in general. uh, Any object that you wonder about. Like you start thinking. "Uh, This is a little weird. I wonder if I should keep this. Well let me just share this uh, little thing that happened at Christmas time. And I I still feel bad that my poor husband spent money on this for me. But we were shopping before Christmas and he was trying to get an idea of what I wanted. And I just saw these little earrings. One, I thought they were unique. Being an artist, I like little things that are a little different really jump out at me. And I really enjoy that Uh, little being not the same old, same old. So this was a little crystal one in one ear. You put a star and the other ear, you put a moon, crescent moon. And I thought, Right away, I I know the symbolism of the crescent moon and the star. That is a witchcraft symbol. But I said, well, God made the moon and the stars. And I can't give everything over to witchcraft. And uh, I think I actually I addressed this in another podcast. Um, Procter & Gamble symbol was a star and a moon. And that was a whole big thing back in the 60s or 70s. And the Christians actually um, oh, refused to buy their products there for a while to protest that. And um, I, they actually removed it from their labels. But um, if you look it up, probably on the internet, you could see it. But anyway, long story short, um, within the hustle and bustle and madness that is Christmas for me and, and prepping for my whole family, um, and I have Ukrainian Italian side and I have my Irish side and it's just there's so much going on that I forgot all about the earrings here my husband had bought it for me and put it in my stocking for Christmas 
when I got it, I said, oh, look at that. You got me the earrings. And I'm like, inside, it was just like I had no peace, no peace about it. And not only that, but I had just heard that Swarovski Crystal, now I do not know if this is true or not. It's just basically a rumor at this point. But I, if you can do research on it, or I get a chance to, I certainly will. But they were Zorofsky crystal earrings. And I've also heard that the rumor says that they put a curse in the factory when they're making the Zorofsky crystal on the crystals. I have no idea whether that's true or not. And also, in certain cases, we can break curses off of items that we need. You really have to seek the Holy Spirit about that. If it's a vanity item like this moon and star and the crystals, I did not have peace. So I had to follow that. If, if you go against that uh, Lord's warning and you don't have peace, even the littlest bit of just wondering, you just a little bit unsettled about it. That's a good word. It's not a strong feeling. It can be a very light unsettling. But if you have that, I highly, highly, highly recommend you throw them out. And um, I took me a while. I tried to justify it, and I got no peace. And I said, all right, Lord, they're going in the trash. The trash goes to the dump, and i trusting the Lord to consider that being buried in the dump, which sometimes I think they burn. I don't really know, but... In our day and age, I wouldn't go and bury it in the backyard. I don't keep it on your property. If you if this if you have a cursed object, you really you need to get it off your legal property, which means not in your car, not in your office, and and nothing that's under your authority. Um, don't just throw it out in the street because you don't want someone else to pick up a cursed object because that's not what the Lord would have us do. That's not right. If you've done it in ignorance, ask God to, to deal with that and take that curse off and just deal with it. But now you know, you need to bury it, burn it, get rid of it, destroy it. So I threw it out. And these were real tiny little things, but I th it doesn't size doesn't matter at all, by the way. you If you see a little demon face, teeny tiny little demon face carved in something, Get rid of it. I know an example, now this is going back years, but an example of someone who had a little teeny tiny demon face carved in part of their furniture. Well, guess what? That brought demons into their home and then they did not get relief from the curses and demonic activity in their lives and their home until they got rid of that furniture and broke it up and burned it. And the price of furniture today might be the last thing in the world you want to do. It's probably a piece you love and that you think is beautiful because they make sure that you love it and you think it's beautiful. Even Derek Prince had to get rid of uh, gorgeous tapestries of, of, of dragons. And that's a real famous story that he tells. And if you listen to The Curses and Blessings, he may tell that story on there. Um. He definitely does, in some of his sermons, bring that up because he had to throw out something. Not only was it gorgeous and he loved it, but it was also passed down through his family. So it had that sentimental uh, connection as well. 
and yeah, some, it, sometimes it'll take a lot for you to get rid of it, but oh, the relief, the things that will stop happening to you, the pressure, the heaviness, you, all kinds of things will leave that you didn't connect to that. But they'll get out of your lives and you'll say, oh my goodness, this was happening because I had that. And you'll be shocked. And I've gone into this in other podcasts and I don't want to take the time here and now. But please, please obey the Lord. Trust him with all your heart and he will direct your path. Ask the Holy Spirit to show you and give you fresh eyes of what you need uh, to get rid of. Also what you're using to get comfort protection and consolation, relief, uh, reliefs from anxiety, fear, um, that all these things that are not of God and that you're not going directly to God for are serving as idols in your life. It can creep in so sneakily. You must ask the Holy Spirit to show you from time to time. Is there anything I'm doing leaning on, putting in God's place that I shouldn't be doing. Um, all right, people, that is it. Remember, this will put a crack in the hedge of your protection. It'll put a tear in God's covering over you because it's you are doing it and he will never go against anyone's free will. And you certainly do not want that opening for the enemy to creep into your life. All right. God bless you. I hope this helped you. And um, until next time, bye-bye.